we've reached episode 10 of Something Who, although it's actually about the 15th due to my bizarre numbering scheme. And to celebrate, we're reviewing this week's story, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, and season 15 opener, Horror of Fang Rock, two stories set in the Edwardian era that have an electrical theme. Meanwhile, a last mention for our listener survey, so thanks to everyone who's contributed so far. We've, we'd love a few more responses, and it really won't take very long for you to fill in, so please just follow the link in the notes that came attached to this podcast when you downloaded it. And as we mentioned last time, there's a new way you can support us. If you visit the URL ratethispodcast.com forward slash something who, all one word, you can give us a very quick rating and that'll help other people find us. All the details again are in the notes. So uh, joining me tonight, we've got Giles. Hello. So Giles, uh, you, you specifically asked if you could do the Tesla one. Yes, yeah. Always been a uh, big fan of Tesla for years, and um, I have to I have to admit I've always thought, yeah, someday I'd like to write the Doctor Who story that does Tesla. So, but I'm going to try not to uh, bear the chip on my shoulder that someone beat me to it by cunningly becoming a professional TV screenwriter long before I did. <laughs> yeah, that would probably do it. <laughs> yeah, frankly, yeah. And Simon, hello everyone. Hello. Hi, so look, like buses, we heard nothing for, from you for months, and then you've done three podcasts in a fortnight. Woohoo. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I've really got into this new series, Richard, and I, I suddenly felt all this negativity I'm seeing on the forums. I'm actually getting a burst of inspiration. Excellent. So it's not all doom and gloom, I don't think. No, indeed. Well, good. It's, it's, it's great to have you along. And we're going to start off by talking about Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, so, uh, which of you wants to kick off with a with a first thought about it? Well, the the title doesn't exactly trip off the tongue, does it? I wonder where they they came up with that one from. They've they've done an amusing run of puns, but um, that one's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? Yes, it's a it's a Harry Hill thing, isn't it? Nikola Tesla, Night of Terror, got to have a system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it, the the two things are sort of balance each other, don't they? It doesn't rhyme, but it's sort of um, uh, it's a rhythmic, rhythmic thing, yeah. I like it. It's wacky, but yeah, it's different. It's better than Attack of the Electro Scorpions. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Giles, first thoughts? Um, generally, yeah, generally very positive. I thought that looked great. I sort of, you know, don't want to do do anything by way of a sideways review of the of the episode that I skipped over, but felt that was, was a dip in quality after what we had with Spyfall, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and, mm. and it was nice to see things bounce back. I felt it was a very well-paced, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a revolutionary mm. episode by sort of modern Who standards, but it was, to my mind, it it did what it did very well, and, you know, reminded me rather of, um, of the RCD era, pseudo-historicals, historical figure of the week. Yeah. Kind of things, Shakespeare code and things like that, and and that's fine for me. I like I like that sort of flavour of Doctor Who. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I also enjoyed this one. As you say, I thought it was a, a return to form, and I, I, what I liked particularly was the way that it gave um, the story a chance to breathe a bit at times. There were some some nice scenes involving Tesla and uh, first Yaz and then the Doctor that where they had a little bit of a chance to 
to have a chat and, and explore the character and, and, and the relationships mm. of those people a bit. It wasn't all action. Yeah, the, the previous one, it seemed like it was had to be something happening all the time. Mm. I thought... Um, I agree with you. I, th- I think um, the Tesla character and the Doctor sparked off each other. No, no pun intended. <laughs> they sparked <laughs> off each other really nicely. They had some fantastic scenes of dialogue together. Yeah. And for all her criticism in the in the previous series, I think Jodie Whittaker seems to be getting stronger and stronger each week. Mm. Um, she really, she really ran the ran the show this week. The high points I thought the scorpion creatures were excellent, generally yeah. threatening mm. and creepy. And then when they took on a sort of humanoid form with those red glowing eyes and their their sort of zombie faces, that was that was chilling as well. The Edison and Tesla characters were really mm. well played. Mm. They didn't overdo the historical content too much. They sort of integrated nicely with the with the you know the mystery element and everything. It wasn't it wasn't like a timeout to give a history mm. lecture or a moral. You know, there wasn't too much moralising. Yes, Tesla didn't get all the credit he deserved, and it was nice to learn a little bit about him. But he was he was fantastic mm. in the story. It was almost like a companion. Mm-hmm. Mm. A few glaring weaknesses. I, whilst the scorpions were fantastic, I thought the the skiffer queen was pretty poorly done. I mean, you could you could see the gaps in the makeup around the eyes, and I, I think there was a gap in the mask on the neck. So you had those magnificent scorpions and all those special effects and a wonderful build-up, and then you had something that looked like a a CBB's pantomime character, unfortunately, leading the leading the aliens. So that was a, a letdown. And we keep saying week by week that Ryan and Yaz don't get enough to do. Well, I, I, I don't know what's up with Ryan this series, but he, he just seems to be devoid of any any charm or pizzazz, really. He just seems to... He, he only gets a handful of lines each show, and he, he, he doesn't really have a range of emotions or anything, so I'm really disappointed with him. And and the mm. same with, with Yaz as well. Whilst there was wonderful chemistry between Jodie Whittaker, the Doctor, and Mr. Tesla... I, I didn't. I didn't feel the same when Yaz was left alone with Tesla. I mean, she had a she had a chance to steal scenes and so on. She was much better with Edison near the end doing action and perhaps behaving like a cl- policewoman clearing the streets. Mm. Maybe that's the the direction that the, the mm. writing and the, and the script should take. But as for Ryan, I, I you know sadly he might be a nice guy and a, he he starred in plenty of other shows, but I think they've just run out of ideas for him. And that's that's very disappointing, because otherwise the show seems to be on a bit of an upward curve. Mm. Well, it's tricky with Ryan because they, you know, very much the first series they, you know, for all that we've, you know, and sadly, you know, we've still not seen any great signs of Yaz being uh, given a particular arc mm. of her own yet. Although, you know, I, I kind of felt is that was there something implicit with um, with her and. Being quite keen on Tesla, as uh, there was kind of a look she gave him towards the end, I think. Hmm. But you know, obviously, you know, the previous series we we did get Ryan's story yes. as such. You know, if, if there was a if there was a character arc in in the in series eleven, then then it was really to do with Ryan and Graham at the expense of Yaz. And yeah, it does rather feel like now they've kind of done that as a resolution. They've not got anywhere particularly to go with them. Hmm. And you know Graham and Bradley Walsh are both strong enough together and apart, you know, to, to sort of hold their own, you know, just as being a fairly rather than mill companion, you know, a standard companion. Mm. Whereas I think Toys and Cole 
struggles if they're not giving him the material because Bradley Walsh can kind of make it, you know, make make his few few lines and gags shine quite nicely. Mm. Yeah, it's this perennial thing we keep keep coming around to, of you know, of of you know, one you know, probably one too many people in the TARDIS. Yeah, which which oddly they then through not only Tesla but Tesla had a companion as well so he ended up yes. and and you had Edison mm. as well along for the ride so you ended up with yeah. seven rather than mm. four so so yeah they they sort of yeah. compounded the problem well did any did it strike anyone else strange that you you've got two such forward thinking characters perhaps Tesla's got more of a science background than Edison anyway in, in that script anyway but mm. they were both exposed to an awful lot of technology and yet they they didn't have their minds wiped or anything at the end of the story. Yeah, you know there are all sorts of things they saw there that could. You know, getting a bit in depth here, but that, mm. that they could have taken away and they might have changed history. I mean, Tesla ended up a, you know, in some people's eyes as a bit as a bit of a failure. Mm. Might he not have been inspired to go in a different direction and pursue his ideas with more vigor? I I, I don't know, but I I'm surprised they didn't do the old mind wipe yeah. trick at the end to make them forget yeah. about what they've seen in the TARDIS and some of that Skifra technology that they'd, they'd plagiarised and pilfered from all over the place. I thought some of that must have rubbed off on Tesla and Edison. Mm. So, so what's Doctor Who telling us? Is it, is it saying that only women are clever enough to, to pick up on, <laughs> on what's going on and, and so need to have their minds wiped <laughs> and men will just forget it all by tomorrow? Mm. Uh, well, I think with regard to Tesla... Who probably did he see? Did he see more of it? I'm trying to think how much more. What Edison saw. I think. I think with regard to Tesla, you could say there's an implicit thing that he was possibly going down that going down that route anyway. I think the only thing they had the death rate gag, mm. but um, but you know one of the one of the things about Tesla is that he supposedly left his plans when he died in '43 or whatever, and the U.S. government, you know, there was a big security scare at the time because Tesla had left plans for a death ray and so I think you know you could almost you know given that he sort of spent the post Wardenclyffe years coming up with increasingly loony schemes mm. I think you could almost say well maybe he was maybe that's almost setting that up that he you know that you could say he was trying to replicate some of the things he'd seen mm. and they didn't they didn't flat you know they didn't sort of hang a lampshade on that idea but yes, I do take I do take your point, and it's a bit odd having had the, you know, very conspicuous mind wipe stuff in Spyfall, mm. um, and given that that is um, you know, obviously a somewhat contentious mm. thing in certain quarters, anyway, for yeah, for I guess understandable reasons. So it does send a slightly odd message that it's the women that get it, and the, yeah, yeah. Having said, just to finish my thought from earlier, I was going to say, despite. The characters being, you know, the companion characters being somewhat underserved, or Ryan especially, I did think structurally this was quite nice that it did find it felt like it did find stuff for the for the different groups and it kind of you know um, to be doing and and it kind of mixed up different sets of people and sent them off on different different little quests mm-hmm. and so on and, and so until until you got to the sort of the finale. You didn't necessarily bring everyone together in one place, at least to my recollection. Which, so I think it kind of yeah, it felt nicely paced from that point of view and nicely structured. And we didn't we didn't have that thing of you know, except when you really needed it, we didn't have that thing of everyone you know just following the doctor around in the line and sharing out the questions. 
Oh yes, that 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 funny scene in uh, the New Year's one last year when you had seven people all standing in a line with mm. the Dalek. Yeah, that was a bit yeah. weird, wasn't it? Mm. I thought um, Goran Viznich was gave a very charismatic. Oh yes, performance. yeah. You know, he, he was mm. very likable as as uh, as Tesla, and and uh, and also quite believable mm. as a character. Yes, and indeed Philip Glenister was great, and um, yeah, 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 they were b- b- both yes. very good, yeah. and and so was the actress playing um, uh, Miss Scarrett as well. I thought she was pretty good as well. I didn't mm. didn't see any. Well, I suppose you'd have to say it's difficult because the um, the the Queen is obviously everyone is everyone is comparing her to the Empress of Ragnos. Mm. and Angelina Mohindra is you know is clearly no mean actress herself. Um, she's certainly, you know, mm. she's building up a quite a, quite a um, mean CV post Sarah Jane Adventures, you know, with various, you know, and she's in, she's done a procedural and she did, you know, she did Bodyguard. But I don't, I don't object to the somewhat over the top style of playing of that character, and I don't personally have a big beef with the. I, I don't know, it's tricky. I know, I, I think character design wise, and you know, one has to bear in mind the Runaway Bride is. Yeah, brace yourself. We're all going to cry, but fourteen years ago now, and um, mm. and my God, we're going to feel <laughs> we feel old on that. So you know, it's not so much the revisiting of the ideas, but I, I think the fact it's sort of beat for beat the repetition of like you've got the swarms of insects, you know, or arthropods rather, um, arachnids plus plus a queen played in a somewhat hammy way mm. uh, and with somewhat similar costume design. Albeit the Empress of Ragnos was rather rather more impressive as a creation, I think, than Queen of the Scythra. Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought one of the problems with that was that it wasn't very clear from the screen what she was supposed yes, to be looking like. Yeah. I mean, you, you never you never really got a clear picture mm. of what her form was supposed to be. You, you know, you saw a lot yeah. of her face, then you saw a bit of very mid shot. That occasionally there was a f- funny sort of sting thing, but it wasn't quite sure where what that was attached to. And then you thought, does that sting belong to her? Yes. Yeah. And after what Simon said, I mean, I've only seen the episode once, and I, I confess, I wasn't these these kind of production issues skim past me, watching it the first time. Mm. But I'd I'd be interested to go back and and look and just wonder whether they deliberately graded the shot to cover up some kind of you know faults in the yeah. in the makeup. I, I, I was squinting at a little handheld because uh, of, of mm. logistics, so I, I didn't see it on a big screen to be able to spot that. So Simon, you, you you just think it was you could very easily see flaws in it? No, I I'd give I'd give it a seven out of ten, a big improvement on the last episode, which wasn't high, and it was almost up there with with Spyfall. I thought the production mm. values were excellent. Mm. There were plenty of thrills and excitement which were chronically lacking in the in the last series, but it, it's the familiar flaws of Ryan and Yaz, unfortunately, being like spare parts, and then when you ask them to deliver lines. I don't know whether it's a lack of practice or just having the few things to do and say. Mm. They they always sound a bit flat to me, and some of Yaz's dialogue with Tesla sounded really a bit a bit clumsy, unfortunately. The Queen stood out because the the Scorpion drones were were superb. They were they were really really good, mm. and the the, the zombie like followers they were good as well. So they're they're only minor they're only minor things I've I've picked up, but I did feel a little bit let down by the way they they did the Queen. And as as Giles has testified, it didn't do much justice to a very mm. good mm. actress who played the Queen really really well. I think she was just let down by the mm. production values. But overall, I I thought the production values were rec- were, 
a really excellent. I actually watched it mm. three times, Richard. Oh, okay. Which wow. I don't often do with new with new Doctor Who. Mm. No, well, it's, you, you, you got you got three times as much experience mm. of it as, as me. <laughs> it got better with each watch yeah. as well. I didn't I didn't get bored of it mm. either. So uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. on my list for rapid for a, for a rapid rewatch, and and that sort of takes something because I always feel like I've never really got the time to watch things once let alone alone twice uh i did wonder with the again with the queen you know it felt like the the editing choice you know the stylistic thing of all those all those jump cuts in the middle of lines and so on and so forth i kind of i thought Mm. again is that i know it's it can be a stylistic thing but now i'm now i'm also wondering okay was that also an attempt to cover up some flaws in the in the actual creature design Mm. or execution could be the writing seems to be a bit you used to people developing characters over time mm. as they appear in a show, and it looked like you know they're messing about with Graham as well. He seems to become a sort of figure of fun and a, and a fall guy in an awful lot of ways. Whereas in the in the first series mm. with the bereavement he suffered, he was very yeah. much an emotional rock for everybody else, and he was a mentor for Ryan. Mm. And now I don't know. One one week Ryan's they're trying to make Ryan a romantic lead, and then. Graham and Ryan are, you know, the bit of, they tried to make them a sort of comedy mm. double act this week. Mm. It, it just seems very inconsistent, and really, with them nearly halfway into their second series in their parts, they really mm. should be hitting their mark. Mm. I don't know if it's the. I think it's. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's their fault. It, it just seems mm. the writing's inconsistent. I'm, I'm a sucker for, as you know, for a Yorkshire accent. So, uh, you know, I, I give Yaz. Probably more of a pass, and I felt like she, in this one she had a bit more to do, and and she didn't mm. irritate me in any way. Ryan probably irritates me because either he can't do a Yorkshire accent or he's not trying. I, I'm, I'm never quite sure where he's supposed to be coming from because some sometimes he just sounds like he comes from London or or somewhere, and then occasionally it sounds like he's trying to do a Northern accent. Um, yeah, it, it, mm. yeah, I find that a little bit mm. frustrating as well. I think they definitely. I think they need. To, you know, two series is probably enough. I think. I think they mm. need to freshen up the crew, and I'd. I'd love them to have a historical figure on board again. Um, mm. I'll, they'll have to forgive me. I forgot the name of the characters in Spyfall. Ada Lovelace and Noah. Yeah, but they were they were terrific. Yeah, coming back to I mean, one thing, I particularly liked. I, I did like the fact we had the focus. At the start of this, I thought it was nicely structured the way it was focused at the start, and with you know with Tesla and his companion, as it were, for the first five minutes or so, and then that we just plunged into the Doctor and 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 Co being already in place and blending in, and I, you know it was nice to see, nice to see the nice to see the yes. companions in, in period dress actually trying to blend in, whereas the Doctor doesn't. But then that's you know that's the Doctor in any incarnation really you know, happy to happy enough to stick out like a sore thumb and assume they can blunt blunder through on the grounds of you know, <laughs> get through on the grounds of authority mm. and um and just knowing you know knowing twice as much as everyone else but yeah i did i did like that structure but it does make me feel i i miss i miss the free credits teaser because it was like a it was like a it was like a mini yeah. it was, Same it was here, like a yeah. mini cliffhanger and you know given that you know now we're in the age of stories being you know, most most stories being single, you know, single episodes. I I think I think the show loses something by not having yeah by not having that because there's usually mm. a moment you know there's a there's something that you can you can structure it around and I just think that's that nice that's that nice thing and it's also a moment that absolutely you know it, it's 
you know it can grab an audience in the yes you know and it's interesting because i know I don't, i'm not going to get into ratings analysis and i know the show is doing fine on its on its um like catch up and so on but it's you know in terms of the overnights yeah clearly there's an audience that it's not that it's not hanging it's inheriting an audience from country file in theory that it's then losing a chunk of um then again <laughs> mm. we could have a whole debate about whether or not country file is is a is a great lead into Doctor Who compared to um some Saturday Night Shiny Floor show, you know, even if it's just pointless or something like that. Well, I mean, the the issue I think probably being that mm. there's not a lot of crossover. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think you know, I mean, I, I'm a I'm I'm a country file mm. and Doctor Who viewer, but I yes. think there's probably relatively few of them. Mm. I think the, the demographics are rather different. So, so if you if you're going to try and mm. build your audience, you're better off. Maybe coming from a program where you think you might get, mm. um, and I think the um, I just I just think that the um, having the teaser, the pre credits teaser, is good. It's just a it's a mm. good marketing point because it you know like audience building point because it it gives people you know two minutes and there's a hook. You know, they can watch the first two minutes and there's a hook, mm. and if they if you don't grab them, then fair enough, and they they can move over. But you're expecting people to sit through the credits before they find out what the story is about. Mm. And then, yeah, and then by that time, so they've got to make a choice on whether they're committed, I think, already, whereas there was always that thing mm. about, okay, yeah, well, this looks interesting. Let's carry on and watch it. Yes, and, and in fact, some of those sequences, I remember the one at the start of Time of Angels was about five minutes. So, I mm. mean, you could very easily have ch- chopped off the first bit of this one and, and turned it into mm. uh, you know, that kind of pre-credits um, yeah. sequence, and it, w- it, it would have felt okay. Mm, yes, particularly with 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 a longish episode, it was over over fifty mm. minutes in length. So yeah, you got plenty um, mm. afterwards. But I did feel talking about what we were saying earlier about the pacing that it was nice, and having having time to, for a few breathing moments, it mm. was nice, and I, I felt okay. Yeah, this is this is that extra five minutes or so being properly, yes. being properly you know being properly put to use, and and it felt like okay. You're getting a bit more meat in it than you necessarily squeezed into a 45 minute episode, and yet, and yet last week was 45 minutes by, yes. by, as I understand it, pretty much. And in that case, you think, why the hell didn't they take the extra five minutes to try and put a bit more meat on the bones of some of the characters there? Well, I'm, I'm going to suggest two things. One is perhaps they didn't have any; they just didn't have anything else. Mm. And the second one is I'm not sure that anyone could have taken another five minutes of it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> both good points. Um. Yeah, I mean, so both this story and the one we're going to come on to later, um, Horror of Fang Rock, are the story of the um, returning character actors. You know, so we've already talked about. Robert Glenister's return, and also um, Angela. Sorry, what's her name? Angie Mahindra. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So both of those characters, um, one in Sarah Jane and one in the in, in the main series, have, have done a turn before. The turn of the Varney. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's been, it's been around long enough now. The new, even the new series, you can start to see people coming back in in, in different parts, which was always such a such a feature of the uh, original series. Mm, yeah. Uh, I was a bit uncertain about some of the science and technology in this so for instance Yas suddenly seems to be an engineer for a bit when it suits so she's left alone with Tesla but she seems seems to be talking to him at a sort of fairly engineering level I mean I haven't got a specific example but I just got the oh. sense that she 
she was talking quite technically with him at one point. I gave Yaz credit for when she appeared with Edison on screen. That was great, but that was really clunky where they were left alone in the lab. Mm. And that, that sphere, she was suddenly reading all these things into it, glowing yeah. green. And that mm. th- that didn't seem natural things for Yaz to say, and it, it didn't make any sense, really. I mean, unless unless she's an engineer in the police force, I don't know. I mean, they, you know, I guess... You get all sorts of training, but it just, but it just gives a sense that they were they hadn't really thought of, thought about Yaz as a as a you know what her strengths are and what what she actually knows. I mean, it, mm. it felt like the the doctor would have felt felt more natural fitted more naturally into mm. that mm. scenario. And then also at some point, I'm going to I want to say Graham, but I'm not sure it was certainly him. But someone starts saying, "Oh yes, Tesla, it's it's just like Wi-Fi." And I thought, "No, hang on a minute, it's nothing like Wi-Fi." He's, mm. he's he's trying to, he's trying to send energy through the through the ether. I think it's Ryan, but yeah, to to sort of power stuff. Mm. I mean, you know, it, it's completely different. Well, that was the one thing that I felt where they, um, yeah, I think they fudged. I was I was very impressed in general with the with how historically accurate mm. so much of it was, and this is part of the. <laughs> as I said, I always thought, oh, there's a good Doctor Who story with Tesla to yeah. be written, and uh, it was. You know, certainly picking up on some of the, some of the things that, you know, this was this was clearly you know, tuning into some of the same things. And I believe, in, you know, even the idea that he he claimed to be receiving messages from Mars is mm. historically um accurate. And they they definitely they telescoped some of the some of the current war and the rivalry rivalry with Edison stuff. Mm. I think for you know for storytelling purposes, that would have been a bit earlier than Wardenclyffe and so on. Mm. But yeah, that was the one. That was the one thing that did slightly great with me, but I, I kind of felt okay. There's maybe, you know, maybe just for saying it to a modern audience. Hmm. Um, but what he, you know, what he wanted to do was so much more fantastical, really, than the yes. than than Wi-Fi and and um, you know wireless internet and this wireless power transmission stuff. But the you know the story, it very consistently, you know, um, missold hmm. that point. I think you know it was, they put it into the they put it into the doctor's mouth on a couple of occasions. You know, they definitely, when they were talking about, oh, you know, connecting up the world, mm. they implied very much that it was all to do, you know, it was all to do with data and information rather than. It's more, more, more like uh, wireless charging, I suppose, that we, you know, we start to see now. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We did have a little moment at the start of the, you know, with the, you know, the famous sort of standing there with a the light bulb that's not connected to anything. Mm. Glowing, glowing yeah. away, but uh, one of his many party pieces. Mm-hmm. Any, any, uh, th- yes, Simon. Any other thoughts before we do we move on to just on that science vein? Is it is is that gadget of the Doctor's? Is it is it still a sonic screwdriver? Or is it just a sonic nowadays? Be- it's, it's it's mainly spoons. Spoons. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that that just grates a bit. With each episode, the way Jodie uses it, it's like a stab all the time. When mm. usually, it, when usually, it's just being used to. It should just be used to scan things and open mm. things and mm. unlock things. That that's a bit odd. And she does that funny gurning face as well whenever she does it as well. <laughs> mm. So that's a little that's a little quirk. Perhaps that'll become a you know in, when we look back f- further on years down the line, you know that will be one of her traits. That that mm. gurn and the and the stab, but that seems to happen a lot. Mm, interesting. I hadn't really registered that, but now I shall look for it and it'll 
It'll probably ever take me every time I see it. I don't know. I, I watched it three times, Giles, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I kept spotting. That's why I kept. I've, I've, I've earned. I've earned my corn this week. I kept mm. spotting things like that. <laughs> well, if, well, if I do something, so I think the the thing that that I haven't really discussed yet that I liked was was Edison. I mean, it it it, it wasn't a cartoon villain. I mean, you know, he was mm. he was certainly written as the anti-hero compared with Tesla's the mm. hero, but you know, not without compassion. You know, he he he, he mourned for the um, the people that were lost in the course of the episode. Mm. And uh, you know he, he he had his moments as well. He, he you know he was he was a human character. And mm. I quite liked that, and uh, and I thought well played by Robert Glasser. Yes, yeah, that's something that obviously they did. Um, you know, it was it was nice that there was the thematic thing. They maybe didn't play on it quite as much as they could have, but the idea of mm. that Tesla was being the you know the the inventive genius versus the person who takes takes things and makes them a reality and a, and a commodity mm. which you know was you know certainly to some extent edison's you know edison's forte mm. and the idea that he did have you know labs full of people working on things you know um that were then marketed under the you know under the um edison name and it's rather ironic that you know <laughs> we've now got elon musk and, you know, with pretty yes. much do, have, having the same kind of thing but um yeah, and being a front man for a lot of you know very clever stuff, and and ironically, you know doing it in doing it in the name of Tesla rather than, yes. <laughs> rather than his own, and then obviously you know and then we had the Scythra who were a galactic magnification of that same mm. plundering tendency of not inventing it, inventing things for yourself. But I don't think it was it wasn't that cruel to Edison, mm. which I'm glad you know which I'm glad about because I think it was yeah yeah it was. A, it was a nicely nuanced thing instead of making him him the pantomime villain. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if any of any of you have seen the um, the current war, which was no. out last year, which was um interesting companion piece. I mean, we, could go, we could go through you know Tesla's on screen uh, mm. for for uh, for ages, but the the current war is Cumberbatch plays Edison, right. Um, Record, you know, record, you know, also quite irascible, and um, Michael Shannon, yes, plays Westinghouse, who was the you know real sort of the guy who brought up a lot of the AC patents, and that's but it's right. you know very good, very good movie, um, and Nicholas Holt in that you know young younger actor plays you know, Beast from uh, Beast from the X Men films or the, the later X Men films. Is uh, plays Tesla in that, and is a and that's a that's a that's a brilliant performance actually because he's a, he's like a a bit of a bit player. He sort of gets to come on and have a few few turns in which he just steals the scene. And then of course we have you know going back to the Prestige, uh, we've had David Bowie of course played Tesla in that. If you remember them, um, if I'm guessing you may have seen that. Yeah. And if you haven't see it, see it, and I'll say no more. But um. It is an awesome movie. It's um, very good. Yeah, and uh, and Bowie is a fantastic Tesla. But yes, Gorman Viznich belongs up there with them. I think very good. Yeah, very good portrayal. Hmm. It reminded me a little bit of the Vincent Van Gogh episode. You know, in the sense mm. that the Doctor saying to Tesla, you know, it's not it's not necessarily going to go all that well for you now, but your legacy is assured. Mm. 
which is a you know it's a hard message to give anybody. I'm not sure that that um, either of them. What am I trying to say? I'm not. I, I wonder about Doctor Who trying to 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 show us somebody being reassured of their legacy, you know, partway through their life. It doesn't seem very natural. But mm. but but in but in a way, I suppose it's it's more for our sake, isn't it? Because we want them to feel better about life. Yes. Even though in, even though in the end, they perhaps they shouldn't. Mm. <laughs> well, Vincent. Yeah. I mean, they 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 play it in two different ways. I mean, this this is somewhat, although it, you know, although it emphasises that he will sort of die. A, failure you know on the other hand you can think okay well but he has 30 more years to live at this point Mm. and to some extent he will you know much as he was less recognized you know as Mm. time went on he was still you know i guess he'd still seen some of the world that he a lot of the world that he created come to pass even if he hadn't got the credit he's portrayed a sort of happy-go-lucky as well Mm. so so he's not he doesn't seem overly Mm. um, upset about the fact that it's that he's not as uh, rich and famous yes yeah whereas vincent and the doctor absolutely shamelessly (laughs) Mm. um just uh does something that can you know that can probably only be done once Mm. and um (laughs) um i love it personally it's um it's you know Mm. it's uh it makes me it makes me love every time i Every time I watch it, because <laughs> um, I'm a big softy, um, but it's it's also got a you know it's also hard as nails about it at the same at the same time mm. that it's this isn't going to make a difference, mm. and I yeah I think it's I think that's something that's audacious and kind of comes from comes from having someone that isn't wedded to the format of Doctor Who just having a chance to play in the play with yeah. the sa- sandbox and say, well, why can't we? And so he does. Hmm. Yeah, a bit like a bit like Neil Gaiman saying, well, why can't we make the TARDIS a, TARDIS character, you know, a, a person for an episode? It's hmm. <laughs> great concept, but can only really be done once. Hmm. And just to come back to, I think the only other thing I was going to say was just to echo what, you know, what I think Simon was saying at the start, which is, we are seeing a nice new side to Jodie's character, um, to the Doctor's character mm-hmm. uh, here. I, I I like her being, you know, showing more steel. It's what felt like it was, it needed to be there in series eleven and um, mm. to undercut. And it felt, you know, I remember saying at the time, I kind of felt like, okay, we're you know we're getting a Doctor's a Doctor character that is based on the sort of wackier moments of Tennant, but without the underlying. Side, you know, without the the sort of the other side that undercuts it, mm. and now it feels like we are getting that here. And I also like the fact that we didn't have any um, enormous monologues of the Doctor basically explaining things to herself and the audience mm. uh, in this episode. Oh gosh, it felt, yes. It felt like the yes, the the dialogue, you know, the dialogue was there, but it was a it was a dialogue, not a monologue. Um, mm. So we found out. So uh, yes, uh, more from Nina Mativier, if that's her mm. name, please. I think be interested to see what she does next. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think as you say, it was it was it was a relief after a great start to the season, and then a dip last last time. A, a relief to 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 come back to form this time, and 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 uh, I guess optimism for the rest of the series after that. Okay. Are we are we all done with uh, with Tesla? Yep, that was, again, very enjoyable, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here, Reuben, come and look, quick. What is it, boy? 
the light of the sun shining off a big yellow digger, fellow wearing a wide-brimmed hat and leather jacket, went over there in the sand, it did. Nothing there now. Not now, maybe. I told you, it went behind the sand dunes. It could have been a... what do they call them? Treasure seeker. Hmm, went far off. Reckon I know what you've seen. They always said the Beast of Joss would be back. The Beast of Joss? Aye. Here comes Ben. Quick, get that door closed. Did you see him, Ben? Who? The Beast of Joss. Tah, there's no such person. They say he haunts relay transmitting stations like this. He might be after those film cans we buried on the beach. Ah, Don't be daft. The last time that beast was seen in Devon, two men were fired that very same night, cleaned out a small film store. Broke their hearts, he did. Didn't just take their Doctor Who, but Basil Brush too, and a whole load of old comedies. Old place burned down shortly after. They ain't got nothing to transmit, no, but a test card and static. Gah, that old tale again. More than a tale. Vin saw him tonight. Sun shining off his JCB, so he said. Don't let him take our Marco Polo, Reuben. Please. Don't worry, boy. Pass me that carpet. We'll hide the film cans underneath it. That'll keep him safe. He'll never look there. The only ob- the obvious way to make a connection is to point out that um, that both both this story and the one we were about to come on to end yeah. with an alien spaceship being zapped from the top of a tower. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because because I mean, the, so so coming on to the horror of Fang Rock, I mean the the main reason that I picked it as a companion piece was because of the of the period setting. It it, mm. um, it seemed to be a match from that point of view, and there's the electricity theme as well, but. But it's funny that there's this there's quite a lot of parallels in the end when I started looking at it, and I, and I think as you say the the denouement of each of them they're actually using the technology of the time to defeat the the aliens. In 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 the one case they use the both the setting of the lighthouse and also the light of the lighthouse mm. to defeat the Rutans through the refracting from the from the from the lens, and then in this case they're using Tesla's tower for the purpose it was created. So so yeah, that's. Um, that was a nice parallel touch, mm. and there are some other things as well that we that we might come on to later that that, that I felt tied it together. Uh, in, in the theme of returning characters, so Kieran mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago when, when we were talking about Enemy of the World on the on the Australian one that Colin Douglas comes back in this, but uh, yes. I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about that, and then I'm, I'm looking at it and I thought, is Colin Douglas off the Enemy of the World? Mm. Or somebody like him. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 not old Donald. What's his what's his surname? Bruce. It's not Donald Bruce. It's uh, it's it's Reuben, the, uh, mm. the lighthouse keeper. Nice character. Nice turn actually in this. Mm. So I mean, I, I as I as I guess I said in the the chat that we had, I I haven't. I don't think I've seen this since 1977. Mm. I mean, it's possible that it was repeated at some point in the 70s. I might have seen it on repeat. At that point, but I, I genuinely don't think I've seen it in in um, forty odd years. I mean, I read the Target book, well, um, yes. uh, and I, and I can't I can't explain to you why I haven't seen it. It's not because 
you know, I, I liked I liked it when I saw it. I liked it when I read it. But I don't know. I just maybe felt like I didn't need to. But so so I almost came upon it completely new this time. And uh, sort of about about halfway through episode two, I thought, golly, how are they going to make this stretch to four episodes? I, I, I was sort of beginning to feel like we've we've yeah we've we've had the introduction of of the root and you know we kind of know all the characters. You know, where's it going to go? But but somehow there's there's an awful lot of space for the story to breathe. I mean, and, you know, and, and not very much action, and yet. Good old Terence, he knew what he was doing. It it, it absolutely fills the time that you've got, and it, mm. and it is compelling. So that stunned you into silence. <laughs> I heard rummaging from the other end. I, assumed, I thought someone was going to come in. No, I I um I loved it at time of broadcast, Richard. Um, mm. it, I'm slightly sad watching it again because um, Horror Fang Rock and Image of the Fendel. That that was. That was sort of when my enjoyment of watching Doctor Who as it was broadcast week by week and season by season that's that's when it really peaked for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it didn't it didn't get any better after that so I'm slightly sad watching it again but um, remembering remembering that but what a what a cracking story and it's all mm. I think it's all studio set as well what what an amazing job they did mm. you get totally I mean it's a is it a lighthouse under siege story mm. <laughs> <laughs> guess so it's um. I, I think it's fantastic. When when that old Doctor Who's done really really well, I think it's like watching a theatre production. Mm. Mm. You can see people are acting their socks off, but after a while, you you're you're drawn into the story, and you you suspend all your disbelief. So you mm. you ignore the you know the model ship crashing on the rocks and things like that, and the the Routon looking like a, a tennis ball with spaghetti mm. dangling from it because it's it, the actors are so good they all spark off each other mm. you have wonderful byplay between louise jameson and the doctor which ryan and yaz should be forced to watch mm. <laughs> because that's that's exactly how to do it you've got to interact with the characters around you the, the characters you meet when you step out the tardis and of course the crew mm. and it that was it's just wonderful to watch and it, it's quite chilling and suspenseful as well it's got a wonderful period drama setting as well mm. another connection with Nikola Tesla's Night Terror, the, you know, Leela is in period dress. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd for, I, I, I don't know how it's, I'd, I'd forgotten just how good Louise Jameson was in that role. Mm-hmm. And wonderful, mm-hmm. what a wonderful character Leela was as well. Because when you think it couldn't get any better than Harry's, Harry and Sarah and the Doctor, that, you know, along came Leela and she was great as well. Mm. So one of my, one of my favourite stories, it's one of those ones that gets overlooked because there were so many strong Baker stories but it, I think it's fantastic mm. and it bears watching over and over again. I did make a bit of a schoolboy error. I, I watched the first two episodes of Fang Rock and then I, I watched um, the Tesla story in the middle mm. so that's right. why I watched te- that's my confession, that's why yeah, I watched yeah. Tesla three times because it, it didn't bear comparison to Fang Rock <laughs> until I'd watched mm. it two or three times again and then treated it on its merits Mm. And 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 for what it was, because mm. it's not fair comparing Tom Baker and Jodie Whittaker, but you can't help doing it when one follows the other in your in your night times viewing. Mm. So it took another couple of watches just to give Jodie Whittaker the credit she deserves for getting mm. stronger in the role. But my God, Tom Baker's fantastic, isn't he? Mm. Oh, he's definitely he's at the top of his top of his game here, isn't he? Uh, some he's, he's got there's a couple of classic Bakerish moments. So, so there's a moment where 
he's saying something really important so he whispers it for for effect and then shortly afterwards he's saying something that's terribly serious so he's smiling when he while he's saying it mm. uh, and um you know it's so it's so counter the, the way that a an, an ordinary human would do it and yet it's very fourth doctor mm. someone asked him I, I can't remember whether it was one of the, the shipwreck victims said i asked him are you are you the leader and he says no but i'm the ideas man and i thought <laughs> that, was, that was brilliant as well yeah but you could see that Louise Jameson and Tom Beck, they give little grins to each other and they, they mug and pull faces and things. Mm. And that's, that's, that's just loving their roles and having a great script from Terence Dix to work with. Mm. And it's, it's just, I like I said, I don't, I don't watch new who on repeat viewing much, but those classics, the real classics, I can, I can watch them over and over again. They mm. really are timeless. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting that in in this story, you know that um, you know some of the villains are upper class people, sort of, in, and they're in sense of entitlement. Uh, I suppose in 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 series twelve they'd be they'd be baby boomers or maybe sort of rich internet millionaires or something, but or billionaires. Mm. But but uh, I suppose in the same way that Denny Henry's character was. But but yeah, in, in, because we're in nineteen seventies. Uh, well, sorry, this, because it's written in the seventies and it's set in in the early nineteen hundreds, then it's um, it's rich people and 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 sort of expecting the the world to to revolve around them. Mm. <laughs> well, we're not doing we're not doing which is best thing anyway. But this is you know, but this is about the best of the best. I, mean, I think this is Terence's strongest script probably, mm. and and I think it's it's just it's beautifully put together and. Um, it's just interesting because uh, you know one thing I kind of noticed, you know, it's it's very clever the the structure structurally, you know I know mm. we, I know what you were saying Richard but the you know it's just like episode one, the lighthouse something in the you know something on the something on the rocks, mm. episode two we then we then introduce the other characters so then yes that's something fresh there and we get a glimpse of it I think that's our first glimpse of the root and yeah. itself body yeah you know, we don't get the you know we don't know that it can body snatch. You know, yeah, we have the stuff to do with the idea that it's done a post mortem on yeah. on um, on poor Ben in the first in episode two, but we don't know why until until episode three, mm-hmm. and then you know the doctor realizes his mistake that they've been locked in with the thing uh, is a gorgeous you know it's a brilliant way of going into episode yes. four. Yes. So and I think it's it's just masterfully put together. So there's always something new that we're coming to while whilst in this very isolated setting. And the you know the one thing that I kind of thought it's when it plays to the BBC's strengths of the time. And I think what's sometimes what's hard for maybe hard for our younger viewers to appreciate. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're all we're all old, old, old and folkish enough to to remember it. Is but you know this is you know, the the fact that Doctor Who was being done on three camera. Mm. You know, three camera video in you know studio bound. This was you know this was just how television was done at the time. You know, yeah, filmed series and you know filmic look was just you know it was not part of. By well by the eighties, the fact that Doctor Who was still being made that way was enough to was enough to single it out as being you know as being something other and something you know that probably belonged more in the realm of kids TV and and light and light entertainment shows. At this time, this was, you know, this was just how 
you know how television was made. Mm. And if you you know you watch talking pictures on, you know, with any of their you know repeated prestige dramas that they're doing various you know various things, on about ten o'clock in the evening you can turn on watch Special Branch or Mystery and Imagination and things like that. They're all um they're all made in the same basic you know basic mm. way of doing it, and so and I think that sort of breaks down a wall because you know the thing that struck me was I thought okay the 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 characters from the yacht. There's absolutely no concessions to this being a children's show, whatsoever. No. Their their concerns are absolutely concerns of the adult world, hmm. really, and it's more like they wandered in out of out of you know they're they're supporting characters from a Sherlock Holmes short story, yeah, or a or you know or upstairs downstairs or hmm. something like that, and all the better for it. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't know until you know you wouldn't t- you wouldn't know until you get the glowing glowing tennis ball on a you know. Yeah. on a string, you know, that you're really watching sci-fi. Well, Terence Dix would, wouldn't want to patronise his audience, would he? I mean, no, he, no. He, 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 he wouldn't want to talk down to children. He, mm. he, he'd, he'd want them to, to, to be stretched up to, mm. to whatever, you know, the parents would want to watch. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those ones that really does a good job of that, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the odd thing, I, I mean, t- talking about video versus film, is that, you know, I always felt that video was the higher quality you know, mm. technically and and it, and it and it always had a more immediate feel about it i mean f- mm. film film to me always seems to give a certain sense of distance from the action mm. so it seems slightly odd to, i mean i know i know people like the the sort of slightly more atmospheric and sort of prettier nature of film but the fact that it distances you from the action to some extent always made it made it feel a bit strange perhaps that it's become so prevalent mm. yeah but but anyway i mean that's just you know being fogeyish it's not like it was, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and again, um, of course, this is directed by Paddy Russell, who um, obviously knew yeah. exactly what she was doing. It's, it's brilliant, and I've, I've got a note on, you know, I love all the stuff on the rocks. You know, it's brilliant. I said brilliant fog work, if we can call it that. Yeah. <laughs> the um, That stuff, you, do, you don't really feel that you're, you know, you, you very rapidly forget that you're in the, stu- mm. in the, in the studio. And considering we're just switching between these few sets in, mm. Few sets set up in pedal, pedal mill. Um, mm. oh, it's 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 brilliant. It mm. even outside of the lighthouse, clambering around the rocks, you get a feeling of claustrophobia, don't you? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I noticed in the um, in the end credits for episode one, you've got Grimwait and JNT side by side. I know. Yeah, I spotted that. Funnily enough, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. And of course, this is in the this is in the Holmes Williams. Crossover yes. period as well, which I think lasts to lasts up to Fendal, doesn't it? So I think yes, yeah. Uh, I think Fendal was his last was his last one, and then yeah, well, he wrote the Sunmaker, so he couldn't very well script edit that. Um, mm. Which is a nice, you know, it's an interesting period, and certainly some of my, you know, despite the fact this is, are we talking seventy seven here? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um oh it's almost my birthday, and um and it's it's one of my I wouldn't say my earliest two memories but it's very definitely one that stayed with me the um hmm. the stuff particularly from episode four with the um with the doctor talking to the root and as it's crawling up the stairs um, hmm. that one yeah it's definitely one of those fairly early Doctor Who images that, that hmm. stuck stuck in my head for ages. 
Yeah, I mean, the routine coming up the stairs, I mean, in my memory, I'm thinking, oh, that was a, that was a pretty pathetic effect. But actually, watching it now, I mean, you know, it, mm. it's it's the 70s, it's a big green ball but it's not it's not actually all that bad i mean it it it, it, it is what it is but but oh it's perfectly uh, it's a, perfectly good richard i was that's just right. being picky that's all yeah it does, didn't take me out of it at all no no whereas, whereas in, in, in my mind's eye hmm. i think perhaps perhaps somebody has sort of gone on about it in it, it as being not very good and it's lodged in the back of my mind because hmm. i haven't seen it in 40 years i've believed it hmm. and then when i've gone back and seen it i thought oh you, 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 that's ridiculous actually that's perfectly decent hmm no, it's, it's it's by no means. It's not like the rat, really. No, um, no. it's just um, it's just the um, the um, yeah. I, th- I think personally, I've, I feel I'm surprised this hasn't had special edition treatment yet because it mm. it just feels like the only thing it really needs to you know to amp it up is is um is if one is of a mindset where one is bothered by these things, which I'm I'm not necessarily. I'm I'm happy to usually take these things as they come. I don't you know. Mm try and see past the effects or just appreciate them for what they were at the time. But you'd think, okay, the only thing that's really needs to lift it in in that way is a, is a redo of the effects of it climbing in the outside of the yeah. lighthouse. So it actually looks like it's attached and not being winched up on a winched mm. up on a fine piece of thread. And that's sort of standalone stuff without any actors or any complications. So, so I wonder... it hasn't been nailed for that. Mm. Sorry, Charles. I I wonder if um I wonder if John Carpenter ever watched it because it in places it it remind me of watching John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm. You know the the shape the the root on shape and mm. and the way it possessed people and attacked people and things like that. Mm. Just a bit few parallels like you know like yes. the arc in like the arc in space and an alien. Mm. Suddenly yes. you can mm. see parallels between those two. Mm. Mm. Well, you've definitely. I don't know whether that was filmed. You know, and you've always got the, you've always got the crossover between the British film industry of the of the seventies and that you know, they were filming. You know, potentially, potentially working with other people who'd seen this stuff. If they hadn't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the thing was filmed, but certainly, certainly, if you're talking about um, Alien, and so on, and Ridley, well, <laughs> I'm sure Ridley Scott kept an eye on Doctor Who at the time. I always like the special. I always like the special effects as as they are. I mean, it's part of the show of looking oh, back yeah, and, and watching yeah. it and remembering how it's it, you know, how it. Mm. I, I I love watching old TV and classic mm. Doctor Who, and it, it it still reminds me of the thrill I had as a kid first seeing a lot of these. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say it's it's nice that the whole way that that the characters and their their actions is just it's just very well constructed in terms of the. The characters and their actions being true to their hmm. true to their sort of motivations that we've had set up. That that you know, it's it's nice that, that Palmerdale finally meets his meets his fate yes. as he's creeping around the creeping around the outside of the you know the way it's just set up so he goes creeping around the outside of the outside hmm. of the lighthouse trying to find out what's going on and you know, and, you know so it's all he's brought to his fate by greed and I, you know it's lovely that yes. you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really sad that Vince, you know, it's just like, oh, couldn't Vince have survived? Yes, but it's nice that he get, you know, it's nice that he takes the time to, that he he burns the money. And yes, that's, that's more money than guys ever seen in his life. Yes, and yeah. and that he actually, it's nice that he takes the time to that he burns the money, so he has that little moment of redemption before he, yes, before he meets his maker at the hands of Reuben. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I made a note. I said, you know, that that's it. That's the end for Palmerdale. But serves him right for trying to com- corrupt good old Vince. Mm, yeah, 
And another lovely moment, <laughs> which just made me made me hoot with laughter. It's just the moment when um when when they say O'Palmerdale's dead, and Adelaide starts screaming. <laughs> it's just like, yes. it's it's thirty it's like half a second before before Lena slaps her. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. even let her get out a full snap. It's just ah, yeah. whack. It's like she's been itching to do it for yeah. No, she so. could have got the could have been worse. She could have got the Janus Thorn treatment. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's, it's just yeah. just the, the timing. It's just oh, yeah, yeah. I can slap her. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor old Leela, because mm. uh, you know, there's there's one other female character in in this other than Leela, and she's mm. such a um, such an appalling character that that the. There's, 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 mind you, not that Leela's that bothered, but there's, there's, there's no opportunity really for them to have a uh, woman-to-woman chat. Mm, true, it pretty fails the. Well, I'm not sure whether it fails the Bechdel test. <laughs> On the grounds of if they have a conversation, it's pretty about. <laughs> oh no, they do have. A, they do actually. If one's bothered by the Bechdel test, they do have a. Um, they do have a conversation about astrology, don't they? And Leela has that rather, mm. be, rather lovely. It is better to believe in science line. Mm. Having just you know. From what she's learned from the doctor, which is, which is actually a nice little thing. I think it, it's lovely the way that um, you know, Skinsale is a great character, the, the Colonel. Hmm. Yeah. And um, and it's um, yes, Alan Rowe. I was intrigued to find out was um, Jeffrey Bailden's long-term partner. Apparently. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The things you find out on Wikipedia. But hmm. um, but great actor and um, and really yeah, he's got that whole. Sherlockian vibe that he's exactly mm. the kind of person you expect to turn up in something like that, and it's lovely that the you know the B plot, you know the the whole thing with Skinsale and the and the and Palmerdale trying to contact the mainland and you know persuade Skinsale to mm. um, to sabotage the telegraph, which uh, I think that was the only thing that, that slightly I thought oh okay very slight little you know thing you might have handled differently. Yes, it was just that the fact that you know, skin cells sabotages the telegraph, and when the doctor finds, when the doctor discovers this, he so he says we're on our own now, mm. and you just think, well, and you haven't been for the last, um, <laughs> you haven't been for the last two and a half episodes, mm. but yeah, so so because we haven't really had the, a hope of rescue dangled as such, or or any, any hint that there there has been communication with the mainland, even in, even along the official. Channels, mm. but the um, and the telegraph is another sort of totem of technology. Yeah, because Ruben treats the telegraph with equal suspicion to mm. to um, electric light. This is a bit where he says, "Oh no, we'll semaphore in the morning," mm. and thereby dooms a lot of them. Yeah, it's um, a bit careless of the Doctor to throw away those diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if only because he nearly drops the one that he's picked later on. Mm. You know, so why not just take a half a dozen along yes. with you to, to, make, to make sure you've always got one? Mm. I suppose you needed the biggest, having, having rejected yeah, Skinsdale's so. cufflinks. And then, uh, and then uh, poor old uh, Skinsdale just decides that he has to have the diamonds and that's it for him. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's great. And I love um, yeah, Ruben's smile at the end of episode three is... Yes. Is, <laughs> is brilliant, isn't it? Just, you know, it's... Yes. It's a great character-breaking moment. And of course, what's his name again? Uh, Colin Douglas had been um, in in between Enemy of the World and uh, and Horror of Hang Rock. He had become a massive star, um, probably for you know a lot of the people who'd been watching this because he was in 
in a family at war, which um, right was in the early seventies and um, used to outrate outrate um, Coronation Street on occasion. Hmm. So it was, um, and that was when <laughs> that was when it took some doing to outrate Coronation Street. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so he was certainly a very familiar face, I think, to to audiences at that time. Only three TV channels then, kids. Yeah, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, Simon, about horror? Or Fang Rock? No, you... you, you oh you sound like an old curmudgeon now. You, you just hope that the present gang producing and starring got to, they, that it'd be nice if they dip back into stories like horror, Fang Rock, and see what they could be doing with their, their awesome hmm. budgets. Because, mm. the, you know, whilst the whilst the production values were supremely high by and large in the test of the story mm, mm. Um, just look at all the discussion we've had about the characters mm. in mm. the horror fang rock they were so rich and the, and the dialogue was so mm. good alas Terence Dix isn't isn't with us anymore and had no. long not been involved with the show but you know for goodness sake folks it's not it's not hard to do and look at the mm. budgets and the technology mm. they have at their disposal nowadays yeah well and it is I don't know oh, what can you say maybe it's, it's to some extent yeah um, it's <laughs> so it's easy for us to sit on the outside and <laughs> say it's not hard to do. But if you think of, I was just thinking, what's the nearest comparison in the new series? And probably Midnight is actually yes. the nearest. Yeah. And that's that is, you know, that is RTD doing that absolute bottle episode, you know, bottle mm. psychological horror thing where all those all those characters, you know, get to have a you know get to have a great you know. We get to you know we get to know those characters and that's and that so that does show it can be done over forty five minutes and maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what they're aiming for even you know putting everyone on top onto that buggy in um in last week's so in Orphan fifty five but but um, yeah well hmm. yeah, yeah, that the kind problem of claustrophobic is, yeah thing the problem with, with 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 that is is that there was no logic to it, you mm. know, it whereas in this story mm. there is. Yes, I mean, I, I mean, I think there's a 50 minute cut in this. I, th- I think you know, I wouldn't want to throw away 40 minutes no. of the story, but I, but I think you could do, and you'd get a perfectly decent story mm. out of it. So, so, I, so I, I think the 50 minute uh, format is long enough to, to to tell a story like this, mm. um, and, and and to be able to build up the tension mm. in it. So, so I don't think it precludes this kind of storytelling. No, I mean, I'll, I albeit you got, that you lose some yeah, of the suspense. You've got ghost stories, for Christmas, and. And things like Inside Number Nine are doing it in a half hour hmm. format these days. Really, that yeah, you can, you can do it. It's just a matter of, it's a matter of intent, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, simplicity um, is often harder to do well than um, yeah, than elaborate. Hmm. Now, just to just to finish running through the plot, of course, episode four is where it all turns sci-fi, having been, having hmm. been, having been straightforward gothic you know straight on gothic yeah. horror, gothic horror for three three episodes we get the sci-fi and and whose idea was it do we know whose idea it was to use the rootin is that a, is that terence is that bob did bob Holmes suggest it to terence is that I'm some sure. is that anything to do with the whole terence sedix thing on the dm wasn't there some good-natured archie between them over the suntar and some things I'm just wondering because it's a it's a brilliant it's a nice thing to just invoke this race that we've heard of before, and it yeah it works as a works as a nice little shorthand. But it's a gift for it's a gift for long term fans. But of course, bear you know, 
back in 77 people hadn't seen Sontarans for two years you know, mm. you know for, for two years they didn't have a pizza or, you know, or DVDs and I don't know even whether that had been novelised then so God knows whether people actually would have remembered the Rutans as being the enemies of the Sontarans I guess the Sontarans themselves would have had a bit of recognition as a you know as a name check when it starts talking about them but um mm. yes i can't remember if if i remembered that at the time mm. i think i probably did but 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 it would probably also have been drawn to my attention by terence in in one of his monster books or his mm. uh, in the oh, novelization yes, itself or something by, yes. by then or the making of doctor who possibly mm. so it would have encapsulated some of that stuff for the hardcore fans of the time mm. one other thing I had on my notes I love Lila's bloodthirsty triumph speech of triumph towards, right. towards the towards the, the dying Rutan it's just like <laughs> it's just great and you just think yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't get any companion doing that these days would you <laughs> she's just such a yeah as a character she's such a brilliant idea for a character Hmm. Luckily executed, pretty much flawlessly throughout her throughout her run. I can't think of many many places where you know until they until they marry her off at the end. I can't think of many places where they um where they drop the ball with who she is and where she's from. No, and no. and I get the impression Louise and probably Tom, much as they had their moments, were probably there to you know were probably quite forthright in. Putting, yeah. the right, putting the writers back on the right track if they felt anything was going off the rails. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a moment where Solid Oak won't get between her and where she wants to go, you know, with the old... She picks up the axe and starts whacking. I mean, it doesn't look, mm. in fairness, all that solid that mm. uh, she's <laughs> chopping through it. But, yeah, but nonetheless, it's a nice character moment. Mm. I'm sorry, I just wanted to have a shout-out for that because yeah, it's, yeah. it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, so so, so going b- back to this, the parallel sense, so, we, so we've got this the setting early in the 20th century mm. we've got electricity and the fact that electricity is a sort of part of the alien that menace as well mm. you know so that so the, the routine uses well uh, it seems to kind of absorb the electricity but it also produces some of its own to kill um, the characters mm. you've got uh, as we pointed out earlier you've got the towers and the fact that they use the technology so the reflector in the lighthouse and also te- Tesla you've got just one main female character. You've got an alien ship shot out of the sky in both of them mm. as a sort of denouement. You've got men trying to make fortunes, so you know it's it, it, money is the motivator mm. of, uh, of of, of Palmerdale and also of Edison. And then you've uh, you know, perhaps slightly more tenuously, you've got the shut inside with the alien menace at night in in, in the factory at the start and also uh, in the lighthouse. Mm. I think that's more of a yes. It's more of a trope than a indeed than a yes thematic thing necessarily. It's, it's hard to and Fangrock doesn't in, ter- in terms of having a theme. It, it doesn't it doesn't really pursue a massive theme. I think it you know I think okay the um, Tesla has its Tesla has its idea. If it's got, if it's got a big idea, mm. then it's it's to do with this thing. You know, it's to do with highlighting the difference between invention and you know, and commodification, hmm. I guess. Although it doesn't doesn't greatly bang on about it. Whereas Fang Rock, I think if it does have anything, it's um, 
you know, the, the electricity is it's kind of used as a totem for gothic purposes. Hmm. That it's there to you know, so that so that Ruben can <laughs> so that Ruben can be all creepy and talk about um yeah, and and just yeah, talk yeah. about not having not having not holding with modern ways and um so on. Yeah. And then but you know, we have we've got a bit of a theme of, you know, that the certainly the um certainly the rich people who come a, come ashore the you know, the the lighthouse men appear to be good honest folk so much as we you know, Ruben might be a stick in the mud but we you know, but they they appear to be sort of the earth types, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, as indeed is Harker. Yes. From the from the wrecked yacht, I think it's his name's Harker, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, presumably, possibly a Brad Stoker knob there, I guess. Whereas the <laughs> whereas the rich ones are all um are all you know vary from completely awful to to uh, morally questionable. Hmm. But it doesn't quite go the whole hog and have have it be. Yeah, you know, specifically them that bought that bring ruin on on the entire enterprise, hmm. I guess. Which you might do if you were really gonna knock that one over the head, because it's not like it's not as if rescue is coming until until skin sale sabotages the telegraph. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, if if horror fan rock has got a theme, it's that we've got to get a show out. Mm. With, you know, the the big idea about the vampires has been kicked into touch. Oh, of course. This, yes, yeah. Yeah. So, so this, this is, is this is Terence's second effort. Yeah. He's got three sets. Well, you know, maybe slightly more than that. He's got three or four weeks to write it, mm. and somehow, with with all of the th- with everything going wrong and mm. crashing around his ears, he comes up with a masterpiece. Yeah. But I mean that that's Terence Dix all over, isn't it? I mean, he, he's never happier. Than when he's got a disaster on his hands, you know the the the, the war games, the five doctors, mm. this it it just seems like it requires a disaster to get his digestive juices flowing properly. Mm. Yes, I wonder whether that went through RTD's mind because he was <laughs> well, con- considering that Midnight's, if I recall yes. correctly, was um was also a very last minute rushed replacement script when something yeah something was deemed unsuitable or fell through. Yeah, and uh, I wonder whether he thought, well, Terence did, yeah. Well, I wonder what Uncle Terence did in 1977 when he was in a similar mm. situation. Oh yes, bottle episode with, you know, well developed characters being killed off one by one. That's right up my street. Hmm. Hmm. I think we've reached more or less a natural <laughs> close there. I think you've summed things up wonderfully well, the pair of you at the end there. That was very good. Yeah. Nothing to add. Okay, so that is uh, our our episode looking at Nikola Tesla's Night of of um, Terror and also Horror of Fang Rock. I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, certainly, we enjoyed watching them. A, a pair of, of stories that that, um, that we that, that we enjoyed both watching and talking about. So, Simon, thanks for for coming back um, again so rapidly. Um, uh, lovely to speak to you again. Yep, thanks for inviting me fantastic choice of a classic who story which i i adored watching all over again mm. and it just segued so naturally into tesla as well so fantastic choice there and thanks everyone for listening and look forward to speaking to you again soon sure and uh, and giles thanks for for coming along and uh, getting a chance to talk about about tesla and and uh, and also about this this classic story mm, yeah well it's a pleasure it was nice to be able to be um, pretty unremittingly positive about things, hmm. to be honest, it felt like. And it's, um, 
And yeah, look forward to being back soon, hopefully. Yes, it was de- it was delightful um, for me to be able to uh, to get a chance to watch the horror Fang Rock after um, you know forty two and a bit years. So uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> must watch it again. Um, Slightly sooner than that. I mean, I, I, if I leave it for another forty-two and a half years, there's, there's definitely the question that may not be around. So, um, so yeah, no, it was really great. Mm. Uh, funnily enough, I, actually, I didn't didn't mention it in in the main body of the episode, but um, I um, I was struggling to find my um, DVD of Horror of Fang Rock. So, uh, I mean, why did I have a, I have a DVD of Horror of Fang Rock? I've never watched it. That's a good question. But anyway, I was struggling to find it, and so um, I uh, I watched BritBox instead yeah very good i thought actually i mean uh, I, I first tried to watch it in the browser that was less successful but when i used the application uh, it worked really well so um that i mean i, I you know pe- people are saying that they, they they doubt that there's room in the market for a service like that but certainly if you if you want to watch uh, classic doctor who you haven't got uh, a room full of dvds or if you've mislaid the particular one you want to watch it's uh, it certainly works very well. Um, it's quite convenient, and so, as a one-off, it's a relatively low price. I mean, obviously, it's going to mount up if you keep um, subscribing month after month. Mm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Duly noted. Yeah, strangely enough, mm. I went to, to um, I've got all my DVDs out of um, out of their cases and in in little thin thin folders. Right. Like with the uh, and I I sort of reached vaguely into the area and it was and and pulled it out first nah. go. So, uh, a, a, so. a man in, in tune with his DVD collection. And <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll never happen again. <laughs> no. Well, I dare say it'll be on Blu-ray before too much longer, and then uh, um, that'll be easier for me to find. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks again for the pair of you, and um, we'll do all this again uh, sometime soon with with another uh, another new episode and another classic. Yeah. I'm off to listen to Tesla Girls by OMD. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I'm off to uh, listen to Wizard, which is the uh, the biography of Tesla, which I uh, was inspired to download an Audible. Mm. Um, so. yeah. And I'm off to do 10 hours of editing of this. <laughs> Get in! Oh. No, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it won't be as long as that. Um, anything. <laughs> I, I feel the same when I see Leela. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> for now, for now. Yes. Uh. Maybe not an itchy jumper, though. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I'll make my character characteristically hapless attempt to... Um, <laughs> close things off and then we'll say goodbye and um and that'll do it i suppose <laughs>